What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Sports Ethos Sixers podcast. I'm your host, Adam Sherman, and obviously not the spot I want to be talking to you guys in as the Sixers were eliminated from the playoffs in Game 7 against the Celtics. Uh, decided not to do a show on that one, didn't want to make anyone more upset uh, than they already were. I know I personally didn't want to talk too much about that game. It's just ugly. That's all I can say. Um, but anyway... I want to do a little bit of a different type of episode today. Normally, after the season, I would go on, maybe rank players' performances, talk about next year. But I want to do something a little different because after this uh, loss, all over social media, I was seeing a lot of places saying, you know, the, the process is over. This was the end of the process. Like, at this point, like, the process failed. And I don't completely agree with that. I don't think this is the end of the process. I don't think this is the end of the Sixers' window. I think there's a lot of moves that can still be made. However, I will say that obviously the Sixers' process up to this point has been a disappointment, never made a conference finals. So it kind of inspired me to look back a little bit and do some research um, on where it all kind of went wrong. So I went back to 2013, the year that Sam Hinkie and Brett Brown were hired, and I pretty much just looked into every single move of every single year, and it did take a lot of time. And, you know, I looked, didn't look too deeply with, like, a, a fine-tooth comb. More so at just, like, you know, the layout of the biggest moves that were made and, and where things went wrong, where things went right, and what could have went differently. So I kind of want to take you guys back on a little trip, if you will join me, starting with the 2013 offseason when the Sixers decided it was time for a change, and they hired Hinky, they hired Britt Brown. So at this point, there was nothing to mess up, right? Of course, the team is just getting started, um, the process era is kicking off, and the team was just mediocre. So we had Drew Holiday at the time, who of course got traded for Nerlens and, and draft pick, and of course the Michael Carter-Williams draft pick was made, but I'm going to skip through, you know... Of course, Joel Embiid was drafted. Then the team started to kind of build up with Okafor being drafted, which was a bust. They would be terrible for several years, get Ben Simmons. Um, of course, then the whole Markel Fultz incident. But I think that's about where uh, I wanted to pick up because I think everything prior to 2018 isn't all too relevant for the 2023 team. It's all just kind of tanking and rebuilding. But obviously, the first mistake, um, aside from what, Joel Okafor, which whatever, um, would honestly be... The Markel Fultz trade, this was the first big splash the Sixers made to try to become a contending team. At the time, it was a good move. Of course, they ended up missing out on Tatum. Not that they would have gotten him either way, but they decided they would agree to not take Tatum at one so the Celtics could take him at three. We've seen how Tatum just knocked the Sixers out in the playoffs. Um, not the first time the Sixers have been knocked out by Boston in that stretch either. Um, and yeah, this was like the first step the Sixers took to thinking that they were making that leap. And... A lot of people say this was like the first big flaw in the process. Personally, I don't think it ended up being all that costly aside from obviously not getting Jason Tatum. You know, we had Fultz line up as a third star, but um, as, as we'll get to, with the third star rotation was kind of always moving when Ben was still here. It was always Ben Joel, and then they try to fill that third place with a couple of different guys, of course, and we know how all of that went. Um, so, I mean, after that season... It looked good. I mean, they made the playoffs for the first time, and this was the start of this run of, I would say, disaster, honestly. Um, this was when the Sixers uh, finished with the third seed, and they beat the Heat, and that series was super exciting. That was still Covington days, and all those guys who were on those struggling teams were now seeing playoff success, and it was really awesome, and the future looked really bright then. And, you know, at this point, the uh, 
The organization was looking pretty good. Uh, this was the time of the Colangelo burners. So the biggest news at the time went from how bad we were to that whole tra- travesty, whatever. But yeah, I find it interesting. Like at, at this timeline, like as they were getting good, of course, another little cog had to fall, which was just like a little strange. Of course, also Markel Fultz shortly after his rookie year went through his whole debacle, uh, his whole shoulder injury slash forgetting how to shoot and all that. But then the following season was the season that I think everything went wrong. And this was 2019 when the Sixers acquired Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris. The actual season itself was maybe the, my most my favorite season of being a Sixers fan. When we traded for Butler, I remember getting super excited in my basement. Tobias Harris traded. That was the year the Sixers looked like we could have playoff success for a long time they looked like they were being aggressive they were going to get players who would help them win now and it looked like that was the future of this team of course they ended up losing to Kawhi shot in this season but I still feel like this was a successful season and you know losing it in not before the Eastern Conference Finals doesn't seem like success but they went to game seven lost on one of the greatest shots in NBA history and the team really only had half a season to gel but that offseason was the breaking point, in my personal opinion, which is kind of the whole reason I wanted to make this episode about this is because of this 2019 offseason. And in my research, you know, of course, I realized all these things happened together, but I didn't really realize the magnitude of how bad one offseason can truly be for a team. So, of course, this was the season where Jimmy Butler um, was not re-signed, was signed and traded for Josh Richardson in their step one. Jimmy Butler, I mean, another reason, of course, I wanted to make this was... Um, because watching the playoffs, watching Jimmy Butler dominate the Eastern Conference and make the NBA Finals, um, it's just disgusting as a Sixers fan that we chose, you can choose, either we chose Tobias Harris because we signed him to the five-year $180 million max, or we chose Ben Simmons. Truly, Ben Simmons is definitely the worst look, but it also made more sense because, of course, Jimmy Butler is better than Tobias Harris. That wasn't the real choice. And you know the whole famous Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris over me. Like this, That wasn't Tobias Harris over him. It was Ben Simmons over him because Ben Simmons and, and Jimmy Butler did not get along. And it did not seem like they would both stay on this team for a long period of time. And the Sixers went with Ben Simmons. And can I say I blame them at this time? Not necessarily. This was Ben Simmons, you know, going on defensive player of the year runs. Uh, He was looking dominant. Like, he was only getting better. And it was still missing the jump shots. Like, obviously, the mental things were still there. But at this time, like, choosing Ben Simmons over Jimmy Butler was not the craziest thing. Especially when you consider Joel Embiid's age and the future of the team. They felt they had something special. And I honestly can't say I, I totally disagree with that. But where it went wrong was saying, okay, because now we're going with Ben... We're going to sign Tobias and lock him up for five-year, 180 mil. And we're going to go out Al Horford for four years, 109 million. So that part is not making a lot of sense to me. And, of course, at the time, I was like, yeah, Al Horford. Like, oh, what a great signing. He was, he was a great player at the time. Um, but for a team that wants to go young and wants to go with the young direction of Ben Simmons, you would think they want to keep their options open for the future a little bit more than this. And signing two veterans, like Tobias Harris, given not that old at this time, but giving two players of that age and, you know, Al Horford had never done anything to prove he was worth that four-year, $110 million contract unless your team is 100% a full-on contender. And Tobias Harris was never worth that kind of money. Sure, he had a good half a season with the Clippers and then a decent end of the year with the Sixers. Actually, more than decent. It was good. But... That kind of money was absolutely ridiculous for Tobias Harris at any time. Obviously, hindsight is twenty twenty, but still ridiculous. Anyway, to me, 
the fact that they would sign two guys this amount of money, knowing they were now basing their future around this, I don't want to say a wild card in Ben Simmons, but sort of this unknown, like what you're going to get, if he's going to improve, how much he's going to improve, how good he can truly be. And Ben Simmons seems like a guy that you need pieces moving around him at all times. You know, if you put Ben Simmons in a team and it doesn't work, it's not going to start working all of a sudden because Ben Simmons' game was not changing. And that was the first big problem we had. And, you know, after that, of course, it was hard to judge because of the 2020 season with COVID and the bubble. But, I mean, one thing we know about the bubble, like, it was maybe the worst time to be a Sixers fan. I mentioned the the 2019 season maybe the most fun. Watching the Sixers in the bubble was a train wreck. Of course, Simmons was, like, banged up. They got swept in the first round against the Celtics. But, I mean, I understand it was a lot different. You know, the bubble, of course, you had T.J. Warren going for 50 points a night. But the team just kind of didn't want to play basketball. I don't know if they didn't play in in the pandemic or whatever, but regardless of that, I don't consider that as a huge cog in this equation. Getting swept in the bubble is whatever. You know, it's the bubble. I feel like that season's kind of thrown under the radar and for a good reason. But this was, of course, another big swing after that season was the signing of Doc Rivers, which ended up being a decently mediocre stay, (laughs) is how I'll put it. Um, Of course, he made the playoffs, never made it past second round, same thing. But... We also got Daryl Morey in that offseason who put together what was, I think, a masterclass of an offseason. I think this was one of, if not the best offseasons of the entire process. Um, they, of course, with their draft of Tyrese Maxey, 21st overall steal, also got Paul Reed and Isaiah Joe. I mean, whatever. They didn't keep Isaiah Joe, but still a good pick for a second rounder, honestly. But anyway, big notes was Tyrese Maxey, Paul Reed. They also would end up getting Seth Curry. Um, and they got Danny Green when they traded away Al Horford's contract. So getting rid of Horford's contract, getting a veteran in Danny Green and could shoot, getting Seth Curry, an elite scorer, Tyrese Maxey, who became, you know, ridiculous for a 21st overall pick. I think this was maybe the Sixers' best offseason. So despite everything that's happened up to this point, the contracts, the everything, the Sixers made some great moves, and they did have a really high position to do something. But again, it leads back to, Tobias Harris on a max contract prevents you from getting that missing piece. At this point, after this offseason, if they had a star player under contract instead of Tobias Harris's contract, this is, again, like a favorite to win a championship. And, of course, it still was a very competitive team. They looked good. This was the season that, of course, Sixers um, actually did their best in the regular season. They would finish number one. They played the Wizards with Westbrook and, and Beal, and they won that series easily. But then came the series that most people honestly would say ended the process. I might agree. And this was the series against the Atlanta Hawks. And, of course, we remember the Sixers losing in seven to the iconic Ben Simmons missed, not even a missed layup, the miss, not even taking a layup, passing it when it was wide open. But this is a moment where I want to take to kind of clear some things up. I've seen a lot of hate on Tobias Harris throughout this. And, of course, I've even said, like, the contract has been bad, right? It has caused a lot of issues. Tobias Harris was in no way a problem in this Atlanta Hawks series. His contract wasn't a problem. Not having a star instead of him wasn't a problem. Tobias Harris had a good series against the Hawks. Did he show up and play like a superstar every single game? No. But in Game 7, Tobias Harris was probably the Sixers' best player. He played 45 minutes for the Sixers that night. He played well. He shot well. A lot of rebounds. And he hustled. He played great defense that whole series. And at that point, I don't think that it was a matter of roster construction. In that series, I think it was just a matter of something within the organization, something within the players, that it just did not work. The players did not 
win. They didn't play together. They didn't care that much because that team was more than talented enough. They were in position to beat the Hawks several times in the series. Of course, they had that 2-2 game or in game five where they're up 27 or 26 and blew the entire lead and lost. But overall, like you can't really blame the roster for that series. I think Doc Rivers was maybe the biggest part of it. He, it was Joel Embiid's injury was a big part of it. But I don't think anything the Sixers had done in terms of roster moves, in terms of, you know, the Jimmy Butler signing, whatever. Like, all that, like, that that's all everyone wants to look at after a loss. But sometimes it's something internally, and the Sixers didn't diagnose it in time. And we saw, of course, how that ended up, because the next year Ben Simmons would never play another game for the Sixers. He would get traded, it would start the Harden era, which now everyone's caught up. So now that we're caught up in the present day, and we look back, like, it's just really, really interesting to me. I thought I, thought I would share it because to see the impact of, you know, that, that offseason of the Tobias Harris, Jimmy Butler, Al Horford, it wasn't just the sign. It wasn't just the fact that Jimmy Butler wasn't back. It wasn't just the fact that we gave Tobias Harris a max contract. It wasn't just the fact that we chose Ben Simmons over Jimmy. It's not understanding the dynamics that were going on in the locker room because we chose Ben over Jimmy because of a, an argument between Jimmy and Ben. And clearly Jimmy did not end up being the problem. Of course, he had his his arguments with his teammates in Minnesota when he played with the third stringer. So I could see how the organization may be led to believe that. But that was a huge miss is, is not really understanding how the players were interacting because clearly Ben Simmons was not in a, in a proper mental state. And clearly it was... There was something going on there with both of them. It wasn't just Jimmy. It was probably even more Ben because the next season, Ben Simmons would just have problems with more and more teammates up to the point where he had too many self-confidence issues. And it was a whole thing with him and his own his own self, honestly. It continued when he got traded to the Brooklyn Nets. So the Ben Simmons mental health issues, I don't think people remember how early they really started. And then people just look at the shooting aspect of it, how he would never shoot and his confidence. But his interactions with Jimmy Butler and them not being able to get along on the court was the biggest mistake. Because I think the Sixers could have made something work where they kept Ben Simmons and Jimmy Butler. And not obviously then Tobias Harris wouldn't have been kept. But they had money. And I know it's hard to give those max contracts. But you can move some things around if those players really wanted to play together. If they really felt special. And Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, and Joel Embiid put aside everything and just focused on basketball and winning... And Ben Simmons was able to just get along because we know Joel and Jimmy loved each other. They were great with each other. For half a season, the chemistry they built was ridiculous. But Ben didn't let that happen. Ben just saw Jimmy come in and immediately wasn't able to gel. And at that point, having your star point guard who's supposed to be this great teammate, and that's like his his demon quality is he's obviously a great playmaker. He's the one who's setting up the whole offense. If he can't get along and, you know, gel with a superstar player like Jimmy Butler, who all he wants is to win, I feel like that should be your first red flag. And to me, that is the highlight of the process that people forget, is that Ben Simmons is the reason. Not obviously everyone will say he's the reason for the Hawk series, for the collapse, for everything after that moment. But Ben Simmons really helped to drive Jimmy Butler out of Philadelphia and lead the organization to believe that he was the answer with Joel Embiid and that he could... With whoever, you build a team around him. Of course, Horford, a, a stretch big. Obviously, that's for Ben. They built a lot of pieces around Ben. They got Josh Richardson, a perimeter guy who could play good defense. Of course, that was a Seth Curry move. A lot of moves were made around Ben Simmons' needs. And that, along with the fact that he wasn't able to gel with, you know, he needed the perfect players to play with him to be happy. Literally, he, he can't 
it, it just doesn't work with him. He had who was now the MVP of basketball. They gave him who is now one of the best playoff performers. And if Ben couldn't have it exactly how he wanted it, it seemed that it just wasn't enough for him. And, you know, I really was not able to, to identify this in the moment. I loved Ben Simmons on the Sixers. I was blinded by the fact that we drafted him first overall. He became this super hardworking, defensive, gritty 6'10 guard we've never seen before with ridiculous passing. And I think all of that really blinded the organization and the fans and kind of everyone to who Ben Simmons really was as a player. He did not really seem to ever have that drive to just win. We've never seen Ben Simmons, you know, have that performance in the playoffs or really ever. I'm sure he had some solid first round games, but Ben Simmons never really had the moment where he showed the Sixers or he showed the NBA that this is my time. I'm ready to take over. While Jimmy Butler at that time already had several of those moments, including, you know, of course he, he really uh, sold the bag on those couple possessions against the Raptors, but Jimmy Butler was a more proven player than Ben Simmons, of course, at the time. And the fact that Ben was just kind of able to, just show the tell the organization basically me or him and they chose Ben that to me is the turning point of the process however I don't want to make this whole episode depressing so I'm going to look into the future a little bit because as I mentioned I don't know if it's over you know I don't I don't know we have the MVP of basketball and Joel Embiid of course he had a horrendous playoff run Um, of course the ending was horrible I mean I love Joel but come on man like how do you go out like that as the MVP of basketball and then the guy you were competing against is literally showing everyone why he's the best player in the world in the NBA Finals, putting up triple-double after triple-double. It's hard to watch, but it leads me to next season. And some good news out of the Sixers organization was that Doc Rivers was fired. Obviously, I was very happy about that. Thank you, Doc, for your time, but that's all I'm going to say. And the Sixers hired Nick Nurse as a replacement. I personally love the signing. I think everyone does. To me, it was Nick Nurse or Monty Williams, and then a steep drop between the next best candidate. Hopefully, the Sixers can bring on. I think they need a little bit more assistant coaching as well. I think they need to kind of spread that wealth. Maybe a Mike D'Antoni to join the team. But the other piece of news out of Sixers camp was that James Harden declined his player option. Expected back to Houston, but still not sure. Um, I'm going to choose not to go like explore the whole James Harden route in this episode just because I think it's too early. Um, but I'm just, assuming he's gone, you know, I've heard rumors of Van Vliet. There's been just like random rumors of guys the Sixers might be targeting. I don't want to jump into all of that today. I think I'm going to wait until maybe after the finals and, and things start to settle down and there's more uh, offseason talk. But I'm really looking forward to it. And I don't think that Sixers fans should feel so discouraged like the process is over. Because when you have Joel Embiid, of course, you know, we still have Tyrese Maxey who's developing. And it feels like it's over because we're losing that second star that it feels like we've always had, whether it was Ben Starr or not, James Harden. We always kind of had that second guy. And it feels like now we don't. But there's still money to play with. There's still trades to be made. There's still things to be done. There's still Daryl Morey as a part of the staff. And now there's Nick Nurse. So I am really excited to see what the Sixers can do in the offseason. But... Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed this sort of unique take on an episode. I thought it'd be fun to go back and dive into the uh, the past a little bit. Maybe not just have to dwell on the, this season and see where kind of things have went wrong in the past and, and look back and see how things affected the Sixers. So, um, as always, I'm Adam. Thank you guys so much for listening, and hopefully I'll be back soon with some good news in the offseason.